Hello, and welcome to Chumbology, a Chumbawamba anthology podcast. On this podcast, we are digging song by song, album by album, through the discography of one of the most overlooked bands of all time, Chumbawamba. On today's show, we're taking a look at the song Sometimes Plunder, which is track nine off of Chumbawamba's fifth studio album, I got a little bit of a whistle on that. <laughs> My lungs um, are raspy from smoking too much weed. <laughs> you, you got a nice wake and bake going. Yeah, well, not today. Not, not today. <laughs> but okay, from, good. From last night. <laughs> Residual. Oh, it's what's one all. of those. You got a weed hangover. Yeah. <laughs> a dank over, if you will. <laughs> and a, and a regular hangover. And a regular one. Oh, not too good. bad. But not, that, but that that I, I was drinking a uh, sparkling red wine last night. And it was fucking disgusting. Yeah, but you, it, but you kept drinking it. Oh, of course. I'm not gonna. Yeah, put, of course. I'm not gonna let good good bad wine go to waste. Yeah, you gotta you gotta keep room in your heart for the good bad wine. Yeah, <laughs> especially okay. when it's free. So it's free. I I can't yeah. complain. The only thing I won't drink that I got for free is I got a bunch of rum. Which okay. uh, does not agree with me. Oh, I see. I see. Okay. Well, maybe I'll remember... take the rum off your hands. Yeah, you, you can have my rum. I do not remember oh. what we even bantered about when we originally recorded this ten minutes ago. <laughs> I don't know either. I'm. Fuck I'm. It. So 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 let's let's part the veil a little bit for our listeners. Uh, we we like to keep it real here on Chumbology. Um, on my end of things. So you already heard Teddy's got a got a dank over and a little bit of a hangover. I woke up at 4 a.m. this morning for no particular reason just i just was awake and uh i stayed up until about like 11 and then decided to take a nap woke up around 1 30 and uh was like oh shit we got to record chumbology in half an hour um and then ever since i have just been having issues with my internet connection that has been a problem for like the past three days and now it is fucking like 10 after 3 in the afternoon, and we're finally <laughs> goddamn recording this episode. Yeah. I am on my phone right now, uh, <laughs> instead of Skyping from my computer, because I was just like, I'm done with this. So uh, that's where we're at. We are we are there. Ultimately, yeah. not the biggest problems in the world, but, no. you know, you know, just got to be honest with our fans. Yeah. <laughs> I also somehow did not record in Audacity for the first like ten minutes of our first take. <laughs> uh, my computer decided the despite the fact that it is no longer physically attached that it was going to default back to my uh my inbox, which amazing does not work. So <laughs> we love when that happens. Love it. At so, least at least now we have another ten minutes of material for the lost episodes archive that we'll release on our tenth anniversary of our first episode. <laughs> um, I like that. So I deleted stay mine tuned for that. So fuck it. <laughs> you can hear Dan's part. Well, we do have the uh, the uh, the Skype call. So that's true. That is true. <laughs> yeah. So be on the lookout for that in about nine and a half years. <laughs> Until then, uh, we're gonna talk. We're gonna talk the song "Sometimes Plunder." 
Yeah. Be- before we do dive into the rest of the episode, we do just want to give a, a quick shout out to everyone who is continuing to march in the streets or use their social media platforms uh, to further the black liberation and police abolition movements the past few weeks. Um, we're going to include some links to resources and charities you can support in the show notes. Um, just keep in mind, if you did click on the ones we promoted last week, one of the benefits of everyone suddenly paying attention to this shit is that places are getting funded extremely quickly. So there's a chance that someone who needed your money a week ago two weeks ago uh, probably has more than enough money a good example of that we talked about it in the the last episode is that the uh, <laughs> minneapolis bail fund um while a, a wonderful resource now has way more money than they know what to do with um there have been some calls on twitter that they are like grifting or that this was like some sort of ploy and that that is not the case they simply went from being an organization that normally functioned on i i think you said like a hundred and ten thousand dollars a yeah. year yeah to suddenly having about 35 million dollars worth of donations yeah it's so, so much it's like a 300% increase for them. So yeah, they're, they're, they're currently figuring out what to do next, how they can better use that money to uh, get people out of prisons that aren't even part of the, the current protest movement. But um, the, the long of short is they don't need your money. There are other causes that do need your money. We'll, we'll talk about them a, a little later on. Yeah, and that's part of why we're going to, um, as the weeks continue, uh, provide like some updated lists of resources to the best of our ability each episode, because we we things have been changing so quickly throughout all of this, and I I anticipate they're going to continue to change quickly throughout all yeah. of this. So you know, just um, keep keep whether whether you're getting your information from us or other social media, whatever platforms, like just. Keep keep your head up and uh, keep looking for the most current information you can have because these things change week to week, sometimes even day to day. So um, other than that, we will get into more specifics later in our leftism segment as well as provide some uh, links in our show notes. But for now, uh, you want to talk some Chumbawamba? Yeah, let's talk, let's talk uh, Chumbo. Let's talk a little Chumba. This song is called Sometimes Plunder. And it originally appeared on the cancelled album Jesus H. Christ under the title Solid Gold Easy Action, uh, which if you are a proto-punk fan, (laughs) um, the original version uh, does take its title and the chorus from the T-Rex song of the same name, as well as borrowing pieces of the melody from Gershwin's Rhapsody in Blue, which is (laughs) quite a mashup. Yeah. I mean, when you listen to the song, you can kind of see how they would work into like the the parts of the song, but yeah. still, still a wild two things to be like, mm, you know, let's just take a little bit from T Rex, a little bit from from Gershwin. Yeah, yeah, the that's Chumbawamba for, uh, for you, though. Track. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's like classic Chumbawamba take to like mash up two songs, like a piece of classical music with like a punk song, like an old punk <laughs> song. <laughs> but um. Yeah, so diving into the lyrics of this song, it feels like it's 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 not possible to separate a lot of this album from the fact that Chumbawamba had an entire album before it get canceled due to the uh the sampling and copyright issues that they were facing. Um and this song feels like probably out of all the songs on the album the one that addresses that specific thing the most explicitly. It's a criticism of the music industry's stance against sampling and anti-sampling copyright laws. Um, and it specifically talks about, like, 
the hypocrisy of the music industry trying to silence artists who use samples while celebrating artists like the Beatles and the Rolling Stones who are called out by name, whose entire basis for their sound is basically like derivative of black R&B and early rock and roll artists. Um, So the song kind of opens the question up of why are we celebrating this one group of people who make an extremely derivative type of music and actively trying to silence the people who are taking pre-existing like recorded pieces and chopping them up and screwing them around to make something completely new out of them. Yeah. I I went into a little bit of a rant on this on the the last episode and that's what Dan cut out on me. Yeah, but, you'll um, find you'll find it in the archives in <laughs> nine and a half years. Don't um, worry. I mean, essentially, the the reason for this it can be as simple as like capital and capitalism. It is the fact that record companies were able to manipulate or like trick these black artists into signing away the rights to their songs or simply just recording and copywriting them before they had the chance to do it but when people who were using like samples of songs which were predominantly like hip-hop artists which are predominantly black musicians went and tried to do the same thing with like works mostly by like white artists they got got slapped with that uh that copyright infringement so i mean it's a pretty in my opinion, racist system to like take music from a culture, copyright it, produce it for the mainstream, and then when a counterculture wants to reuse some of those like parts to to then like use it as a as another source of revenue. Like Yeah. Oh, it's extremely racist. It's I mean it's capitalist, yeah. so of course it's extremely racist. <laughs> you you will never hear me defending copyright law or musicians' rights to their music on this show. I fucking no. hate musicians. <laughs> yeah, me too. They're the worst people alive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um Yeah, it, it's it's definitely feels a little maybe like we always talk about how we can't separate like um recording this show from and and recording the show and analyzing the music through the lens of like where we're at right now right we talk about how where we're at right now affects how we talk about the songs on each episode it affects how we feel about the music etc and i feel like it's it's a very timely song to be talking about because like because of everything that's going on in the country uh, with regards to white supremacy and police brutality and exploitation of black people. Just thinking about how that's, this is just one of many examples of that in our society and in our economic system. And it's one that I feel like you don't really think about because of the way that the narrative surrounding bands like the Beatles and the Stones goes. It's like, they're the originators, they're the original rock and rollers, they invented a brand new kind of music and made it so popular. And it's like, the only thing that's true about that statement is that they were the people who made it the most popular, right? They were the first band that made that kind of music as popular as it was. But the main reason for that was because they had record executives behind them who were packaging them as like these, you know, in the case of the Beatles, these like little pretty, pretty white boys from, uh, I don't even somewhere Liverpool, I think is where they're from. I don't fucking care. And then the Rolling Stones (laughs) is like the bad boy version of that. So it's like, I don't know. It was just kind of sanitizing something that didn't need to even be sanitized because the only thing that 
record executives like saw as unsanitary or, or or unmarketable about it was the fact that music like this was being made by black people you know like yeah i mean even like the, even the perfect the perfect yeah. example of this is elvis who yeah didn't like i don't think elvis had like a single like original song that elvis wrote everything right. was like old blues songs that were reworked as quote-unquote rock and roll mm-hmm. which pretty much at that point just meant it was sung by a white person or were yeah. like, things that the record company like bought and like had him sing like no right. no shade on elvis i mean a little shade on elvis but oh we can throw shade on elvis it's fine <laughs> i i like elvis i, I think he was yeah. just like a fucking wild ass dude yeah but still very complicit in this like systematic racism and erasing of black culture mm-hmm. and like to to go back to like the the beatles and the rolling stones it blows my mind that you get all these people that are like fucking like like hipsters about music or like like even like your dad who's like ooh, not specifically your dad i don't know how your <laughs> dad personally feels about the beatles <laughs> but the fact that like like dads everywhere like fucking love the beatles and the rolling stones yeah. when like in their day they were a fucking boy band like, yeah, and I I almost don't want to use that term because it's an insult to the boy bands of today who are actually like <laughs> doing and caving out this like new genre. But they were like a mass-produced band that was fucking mm-hmm. targeted at young women mostly because yeah. they would make them popular. Yeah, yeah. And so so for all these people to like sit here and defend like the the Beatles as like the greatest band of all time is going to be like if in like 15 20 30 years people are sitting back and looking at like the Jonas Brothers and are like that's when music was good man like that's when that shit hit but well, I almost feel bad saying that because the Jonas Brothers do fucking slap yeah I was just gonna say to be fair the Jonas Brothers are awesome <laughs> the, that first One Direction album is pretty fucking solid yeah yeah <laughs> I will I, I listen I I will listen to the Jonas Brothers over the Beatles. I will. And that's not even like that's not even me trying to be edgy or subversive. I just think they're better like they're better songwriters (laughs) for the most part. You know, like I don't hate the Beatles, but I don't get the hype about them, if that makes sense. (laughs) You know? Like like I don't understand why that is the band. You know what I mean? I don't understand why the Beatles are the band that have held up for so long and why people like adore them and like hold them to this like with like godlike tier. And it's like if you actually listen to the Beatles, most of their songs are fine. A lot of their songs are very bad. Yeah. You know, like people like to celebrate the fact that Paul McCartney and John Lennon wrote so many songs in such a short period of time. And I'm like, yeah, well, that's because they were doing a ton of drugs. And also at least half of the songs they wrote were really bad. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, <laughs> like we, we only remember the songs by the Beatles that are decent or good, not the ones that are like fucking garbage, like nonsense, you know, although yeah. some of the garbage nonsense songs are the ones that are that are <laughs> dearly beloved and and remembered. And I don't fucking get it. I don't know, man. <laughs> It's really that people love this idea of like the sanitized culture that like yeah like it, it's really like the most simple and consumable thing there is like there there's nothing more whitewashed and easy to listen to than the Beatles like yeah it's that's like true. it's like a nursery rhyme for like fucking baby boomers <laughs> and if Compared you're mad about this if, rhymes, yeah if you're if you're listening to this and you're like I fucking love the Beatles shut the fuck up I don't care I don't. <laughs> You can you can argue with me in the Chumbawamba DMs about anything except this. I do not give a single shit if you like the fucking Beatles. It doesn't make you cool. It doesn't make you interesting. But also, hating the Beatles doesn't make you cool or interesting. The other shit That's I do true. make me cool and interesting. Yeah. Hating the Beatles is just my default position because I hate every band before 1980. <laughs> yeah, you know, 
there are a lot of things in this world that need defending and that when people talk shit about them, you know, maybe there's a solid case to be made for yeah, like, like defending them. The fucking yeah, like Chumbawamba. The Beatles are not one of those things. They don't need yeah. to be defended. They're fucking fine. Two losers just, on their podcast talking shit is not going to affect anything. <laughs> we just talked about how Paul McCartney was like the richest fucking rock star alive. Dude's worth over a billion dollars. Stop sucking yeah. his dick. If you defend the Beatles, you look like one of those fucking idiots that like looks up to Elon Musk. Yeah, or Jeff Bezos. Paul McCartney is just uh, like Jeff Bezos for the for the hippie generation, yeah. right? Like he's Pretty just much. Jeff Bezos <laughs> with a bass guitar. The uh, the one the one uh, exception to this is you're allowed to defend Ringo Starr. Yeah, Ringo Starr is a fucking saint. <laughs> yeah, I I appreciate the fact that Ringo Starr just like makes like bad art on Microsoft Paint now, and that people eat it up. Like, dude, dude's the biggest fucking grifter in the world. Doesn't know how to make art. Doesn't know how to fucking play drums, and just like work that into like a multi million dollar uh, lifestyle. So shout out yeah. to Ringo Starr, the the ultimate grifter. We 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 support you. Yeah. <laughs> Of other lyrical note uh, on this song, the title Sometimes Plunder is a reference to the song Ulrich from uh, the album Slap. And do you remember the album Slap? Do you remember when we talked about that song? I don't remember anything that happened more than like 24 hours ago, and even that is pushing it at this point. (laughs) We mentioned it in Um, the last episode, but like before we came on the show, we just got word that India and China have begun a ground war. Yeah. Who knows how how uh, wild that'll get in the next few days? By the time you listen to this, it may have been overshadowed by some right. new horrible thing, or it may right. be the the biggest breaking news in the world because our world is fucking accelerating like a million miles an hour right now. That's the fucking thing about twenty twenty. Like every time there's a huge like news story, you don't know whether or not it's going to matter in twenty four hours. Yeah. Like things that in any other year would be huge news stories just like disappear because something even worse happens you know like remember that time that that there was there was a fucking pandemic and then we forgot about it for like a week because of the murder of george floyd like it like there was somehow something that made it even like even a fucking pandemic less important (laughs) yeah did you hear about the fact that we're releasing genetically modified mosquitoes into the wild to try and stop uh like uh like the Nile flu and shit like that despite the fact that pretty much every scientist is like yeah that's a really bad idea that sounds like a bad idea i did not hear about that yeah because everything else is happening too much (laughs) yep that's uh (laughs) (laughs) on the on 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 the other hand this song also has um it also has a section that appears to be either a british or scottish children's song when they're singing does the driver want a wee wee yeah i got to that part like this song honestly probably one of my favorites on this album so far and then it got to that point and i was like what the fuck are they talking about (laughs) and i like googled it i was just like does wee wee mean something else in like british slang is this something that i'm not hip to and no it means like to take a piss so i found like I was I was very curious about what the origin of this was. Like it sounded like a nursery rhyme to me and like the the um what is it? Which which song is it? It's it goes to the melody of I think it's the uh glory, glory, hallelujah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And 
I was like, I got to know what this is. It sounds like a nursery rhyme. I tried Googling it and couldn't really find anything except for this forum thread <laughs> from like, okay, so this website looks like it's like from the year 2002, but this forum thread is actually from 2014. <laughs> so <laughs> sounds like forums. maybe I should, maybe I should reach out to some people uh, on this thread and be like, Hey, what the fuck are you talking about? Um, but the full lyrics of uh, of this nursery rhyme or children's song or whatever it is appear to be, uh, stop the bus, I need a wee-wee, stop the bus, I need a wee-wee, stop the bus, I need a wee-wee, a wee-wee drink of juice. And then the same thing ending with a wee-wee drink of tea. Sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, <laughs> yeah, and then the verse, does the driver want a wee-wee, does the driver want a wee-wee, does the driver want a wee-wee, because we all need a wee-wee too. So... I don't fucking know, but, like, even on this forum thread, and I, like, it seems that people, even the people who are talking about it are like, yeah, I have no fucking clue what this thing is, or, like, where it comes from, or, or anything like that, <laughs> and there's, like, there's, like, ten different versions of the lyrics in this forum thread, so if any of our British, Scottish, whatever listeners are able to email us and explain a little bit more about this one, we'd love that, because Googling it <laughs> revealed almost nothing about it. <laughs> Yeah. Um my favorite part of the song um is probably the bridge which is a rap by MC Fusion. Um frequent Chumbawamba collaborator but um it, it features the the line uh look at the Beatles and Stones who made the music first and before that um they then you come to us and say we made the music worse. Like mm -hmm. I don't know it, it's it's like a really good and pointed verse about pretty much everything we we discussed to uh like that like by sampling music like these these artists are bringing new life into it and that record executive executives are like preventing that new generation of music from flourishing simply because it was based on old music which i mean it is pretty fucked up that white musicians like exclusively took pretty much black musicians music and, and kind of bastardized it for like a, a more mainstream audience but music in itself is this always changing and always adapting thing that almost always borrows from what came before it yeah and we've kind of hit like this wall where for like the first time in human history you can't borrow from the last generation unless yeah. you have explicit permission from these multi-billion dollar companies which severely limits the amount of like people who can do it or i mean you can always do it illegally and distribute your music for free which is like a, a viable thing to do also mm -hmm. but like the the fact that like music has always been this like evolving and beautiful like thing that has suddenly gotten stomped on by capital is yeah. like a perfect example of how fucking stupid capitalism is. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And like, it's not even just music. It's all art. Like all yeah. art is derivative of the art that came before it. The, the example I always think of is um fucking, uh, so Shakespeare, right? He's probably the most well-known writer in history. The vast majority of his plays were directly based either on his like things that happened in history or plays that were written beforehand that he just took the plot of and wrote his own like poetry to. Yeah. So it's like it's it's not even just it's not even just music. It, it, it's in writing. It's in painting. It's in everything. Like, and I don't know. It's just. I, I have never understood, even before I started to develop, like, anti-capitalist ideas, right? Even before I had the vocabulary to talk about, like, how capital is bullshit. 
I've just always thought, like, what's the problem with taking an idea that someone else started and, like, putting your own spin on it? I never got that, especially since there's no fucking such thing as an original idea. Everything is derivative of everything else, all the way back to when we were fucking, like, painting on cave walls, you know? Right. So it's it's just, like, there's, like, the thing about it is, like, I mean, I mean maybe we're just talking in circles at this point, but just thinking about getting sued for sampling fucking a Rolling Stones song or an ABBA song when all of those music, like, derived from other things is just so stupid. Yeah. And also, like, I don't know, like, maybe it's because I'm nobody. Maybe it's because I've never made, like, any significant amount of money off of any art I've made. Like, if somebody approached me and was like, I want to make something based on something you made and include it in my thing, but make it something completely new, I would think that was fucking cool, you know? I don't know. Maybe I'm just a fucking, yeah. like, a, like starry-eyed hippie about it, but, like, it just it just seems so stupid. <laughs> but, I mean, a, a lot of these decisions aren't being made by the musicians themselves. That's it's true. Not like fucking, That's true. Like, like, uh... ABBA is out there, like, like searching YouTube for kids making remixes and being like, shut it I down. Hope not. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's some fucking soulless dude working a desk job or at this yeah. point now, now an algorithm uh, yeah. that, that is searching for these things. And it, it's really sucked a lot of the life out of what could be like a very vibrant music scene. And yeah. I, you're, you're seeing kind of like the rebellion against it with like the ability to distribute music for free. And the fact yeah. that now a lot of places won't take down your music for copyright claims. You just won't make any mu money off of it. Like if you mm -hmm. put up a remix of an ABBA song on YouTube, ABBA will take it and take your ad revenue from it and put ads on it. Even if you choose not to, which is kind of right. fucked up. But, I mean, you can still create the art, you're just creating it for free, and ABBA is still getting the money. Which is not a perfect workaround, but we, um, in, in, like, recent history, we are seeing a lot more freedom with, like, our, our, the ability to remix and the ability to create something new. I know she's not, like, the biggest pop uh, musician in the world, but, like, Charlie XCX released the stems for pretty much every single on her last album that you could just, like, download for free. She also put out her, one of her latest music videos she filmed entirely against a green screen in quarantine, and she released <laughs> all of that, the raw footage of the green screen, too. So if you wanted, you could create your own Charlie XCX remix and then create your own music video for it using the green screen... Uh, videos that she shot which is cool so it's cool to see that some artists start to embrace the more open source way of of creating and remixing maybe Dude. we should make our own charlie xcx video yeah i have i have the video downloaded and i have the other uh, stems off of the uh the album i am too <laughs> i am too stupid to do much with them at this point but um we, we could create a chumbawamba charlie xcx mashup that would be fucking sick. I would love yeah. that. <laughs> we we have talked a lot about the Beatles and Stones because those are two that they call out by name. They also call out New Kids on the Block and Charlie Minogue um, about this um, in the uh, the MC Fusion. Wait, sorry, you said you said Charlie Minogue, so now sorry. I'm just imagining. Kylie now Minogue. I'm just imagining a Charlie XCX and Kylie Minogue mashup. That definitely exists. There's no way it didn't. I, I literally listened to a Lady Gaga Kylie Minogue remix last night. Not so much a remix, <laughs> but there, there's one uh, track on a Lady Gaga's new album that flows directly into um, whatever that one big 
Kylie Minogue song is "Can't Get You Out nice. of My Head." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, you were saying. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> While we're talking about the lyrics, I do just want to point out, as much as I do love this song, um, after the verse, right before they go into the weird, the does the driver want a wee wee? Um, I believe it's is it Alice that's the one like singing in this track. I believe so, yes. Yeah, the way she raps sounds like the way that someone raps on like an anti-drug PSA. <laughs> You're right, it does. <laughs> I, I don't mean that too much of, as too much of an insult. It's just really funny to go from like MC Fusion, who has a pretty good fucking flow, to like this white person just being like... <laughs> and then for it to go right into a children's rhyme, it was just like, ooh... It's very dissonant. The yeah. song has a lot of different pieces. <laughs> it really um, does. I will say in the lyrics, um, I make your songs better and you always try to sue from MC Fusion. It's pretty good burn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, I love that it contains one more reference to ABBA's Money, Money, Money. <laughs> <laughs> they love that song. Or they hate do. that song. <laughs> or hate it. They might love the song and hate ABBA. Yeah. I feel yeah. like ABBA aren't that bad of people. I don't know. I don't know anything don't know about anything Abba's personal about life except for the fact that Mamma Mia slaps. Yeah, I really think I wouldn't be surprised if I wouldn't be surprised if the extent of Chumbawamba's beef with ABBA is just that their record label said no to letting yeah. them sample uh, <laughs> money, money, money. That's fair. I love Chumbawamba because they have like so many like wild ass beefs that yeah. are completely like not based on anything besides the fact that Chumbawamba was like, yeah, fuck this band because I also have yeah. a bunch of beefs like that. <laughs> Yeah, Chumbawamba, like, rock music doesn't have beefs like that anymore, and I think we need to bring them back. Yeah. The the, <laughs> the best beef I've seen in recent history is the uh, the Ted Cruz-Ron Perlman Twitter beef. Oh my god, I can't fucking get into that right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which, once again, just like, if I had, like, a bingo board for, like, weird shit I thought would happen in 2020, would yeah. not be that. Not even close. We're We're on a whole new level. My favorite, my favorite weird like Mad Lib of different people and, um, and products and, uh, conflicts for 2020 was David Hogg trying to cancel TikTok. <laughs> that one was good. I really like the the RuPaul fracking empire. That one stuck oh, that, with me. Was that was that 2020? That yeah. feels like at least six months ago. <laughs> I mean, we're we're six months into 2020. <laughs> oh my god! Don't fucking remind me. <laughs> We're halfway there, baby. Oh boy. Do you remember when? But I'm not buying into the whole like once 2020 is over, everything's gonna be better though. Because no. Do you remember how everyone thought after 2016 was over, everything would get better? And it's like no, everything's gotten progressively worse since 2016. There's a uh, there's a, a Matt Christman tweet that I think about constantly. That's something along the lines of like today is the stupidest day in a, in American history, and will be beaten every subsequent day from now until the end of time. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I, every day I wake up and I see something. It's like cool. Yep, that's that's the thing that's happening today. Yeah, great. I mean, it's not stupid, but like to wake up and have like the first thing I see be like, oh, there's armed conflict on the Indian Chinese border. Great. Right. Oh, there's there's right. a DDoS attack against most of the the major cell companies in the United States of America. Wonderful. Right. <laughs> oh, Ted Cruz and Ron Perlman are Twitter beefing. That's a nice distraction, but I guess. But at least Fortnite and League of Legends are still online. <laughs> Look, the terrorists <laughs> left us with with our our only true releases from this life. 
All right, so maybe we should move along to the music of the song since we yeah. spent like close to 35 minutes just fucking having. <laughs> just fine. talking about the quote unquote lyrics. <laughs> I mean, we, we stayed mostly on topic. Mostly. <laughs> as on top as on topic as you can expect of a leftist podcast in the year yeah. 2020. <laughs> it would be a disservice if I did not mention that three cops claimed to have gotten food poisoning by someone putting bleach in their milkshakes last night. Oh only God, to can find we out that, talk about this. Only to find can out we... that they just had stomach aches. I me when I, I saw this image that was <laughs> that was me when I eat too much Shake Shack and get a tummy ache, and it was um, a screenshot of Reno 911. Do you remember that show? Yeah. And um, it was someone on the ground just saying, I've been murdered. <laughs> it's I... like, all three cops ate too much, too much Shake Shack and got a tummy ache. <laughs> if you can look at that and not think that cops are the stupidest, most fucking idiotic people on this fucking planet you're a fucking moron yeah like like, these three dudes got diarrhea and then their union released an official statement about it yeah (laughs) like like i think i stole that from a tweet sorry for plagiarizing no not sorry for plagiarizing copyright isn't real fuck it it's a derivative (laughs) (laughs) it's parody yeah it just it, it i like i can't believe how cops are simultaneously like probably the most evil force on this planet right now and simultaneously like like children's cartoon levels of incompetent yeah it's really the most beautiful combination of of evil like pure evil and stupidity and incompetence it's really something to see every every nypd officer is the equivalent of those sentient thumbs from uh spy kids I can agree with that. <laughs> All right, what so now it? we can talk about the music of the song. Now that we've gotten everything that has been plaguing my mind for the last seven hours out of here. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it's a bop. This song <laughs> is a bop. I really like it. It might yeah. be my favorite on the album. I, I, it's it's up there for me. I, I really like like the, the choruses are, are catchy as hell. Um, mm-hmm. As I said before, the the MC fusions uh, like rap verse is sick. The only part I don't like is I I don't really like the weird children's rhyme part. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Chumbawamba is able to pull this off a lot of the time. This time mm-hmm. I don't think it really works. I mean, the subject matter that they're talking about isn't like super serious, but to go from like 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 a, a very pointed very well done criticism of the music industry to uh does the driver need a wee wee mm-hmm. like i i guess that it's trying to make a point about how it's like all music is derivative and that they are able to like sample this like children's song in without getting in trouble maybe yeah but it really just well, comes off as, as jarring after they have this like talented musician lay down this sick verse and they're like sick let's talk about kids pissing like <laughs> I think you might be onto something though with thinking about like the reason they included this is because if you think about the the particular children's song that they sing, and again, if any of our UK British listeners are listening to this and know the origins of the song, and you're like, it's not a children's song; it's like a, a rugby anthem or fucking whatever. Like, let us know because we are <laughs> no idea. Um, like like I found out in like googling about it. It's hard to find the origins of this song, so it's, like, hard to find who the author is. Like, who wrote the lyrics? I don't know. There are different lyrics depending on who you ask, according to this one message board. And the melody of this children's song is stolen from a different song. So it's, like, I kind of get why they wanted to include something like that in this song that's all about, like, the, like, 
the like fallacy of authorship yeah um and how like how like music doesn't really belong to anyone in the way that record companies want it to um i i I see where you're coming from though with it being a little jarring to have follow immediately after like mc fusion's really good verse i didn't necessarily mind it just because i think everyone in chumbawamba is a really good singer yeah and it's a pretty short like piece of the song and it goes right back into the like boppiest part Wait, I, I I previously said that um, Alice's uh, rap verse reminds me of like an anti-drug PSA. I changed my mind. What it actually reminds me of is the Jay Z verse in Monster, where he just <laughs> names different monsters. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's a really funny comparison. I never thought, every time we end up comparing Chumbawamba to, like, an artist that I never expected us to compare them to, this is one of those moments. <laughs> I never expected to fucking talk about Jay-Z on this podcast when yeah. we started it, like, six months ago. <laughs> well, here we are. Jay-Z, <laughs> stole, Jay-Z stole, stole his flow on Monster from Alice Nutter in, uh, whatever, Sometimes We Plunder. I don't remember. Every what, sometimes plunder. add him to the list. Add yeah. Jay Z to the list. We've got fucking. We've got fucking Green Day on that list. We've got fucking uh, probably Joyce Manor on that list. We've got a bunch of bands on that theoretical list going around that are directly influenced by Chumbawamba. Fucking add Jay Z to it. Yeah. <laughs> he heard this song and he was like, "This is the sound I've been looking for." <laughs> What's the uh, the the scene in uh, Back to, Back the, to future? the Future? Yeah, yeah. you know that new sound you've been looking for. Yeah. Well, listen to this. <laughs> Me, it's your cousin Basie. <laughs> yeah, where where Marty McFly goes back in time and invents rock and roll. <laughs> yeah. That's the biggest fucking white savior moment in all of cinematic history. <laughs> Fuck you, Marty McFly. Yeah, Marty McFly is a white supremacist. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Um, <laughs> speaking of guitar, guitar music, I really like the guitar tone and trumpet a lot on this song. Hell yeah! I think uh, I think it's got I think it's got a nice drive to it between like the kind of like bright trumpet sound and the like kind of distorted guitar and like really driving rhythm. Um, and that entire middle section between the MC Fusion verse, Alice's like mini drug PSA rap verse. And then the children's song is just vocals and percussion, and it kind of it, it, it that ends up working for me. I think it ends up sounding pretty good. Yeah. Um, the song's five minutes long, but it doesn't feel like a slog. And I feel like the reason for that is because it has all of those different parts to it, um, and it kind of does a pretty good play back and forth between them. I think that so far, I mean, we're about two thirds of the way done. A little bit more with this album. Um, I, I think that Shush does a really good job of maintaining a similar like soundscape while mm-hmm. having all the songs be like a very different and avant-garde thing. Like on yeah, Slap, I can believe that. On Slap, a lot of the songs didn't really work together that well. Like they, yeah. they, they sounded more like independent pieces that were kind of just like we wrote this song and then this song and then this song and then boom, we got an album. We 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 slapped it together. But uh, on yeah. Shush it feels more like it has a more precise like tone and like feel to it. 
Like I was thinking about that today because I listened to the song and then Behave came on after it on my shuffle, and mm-hmm. then uh, Happiness is just a chant away came on, and they all sound within the same like not range, but like they're they're all similar thematically musically. Yeah, and it really works. Like I honestly don't think I've listened to Shush all the way through. Mm-hmm. Um, but I imagine if I did, it would be uh less jarring than listening to slap all the way through. Yeah, yeah, less of a less slap in the slap. face. <laughs> More of no, a... that's that's a good point. I have listened to Shush, to Shush all the way through. I think at least once. I'm gonna need to do it again because as you were talking about all those other songs that are on this album, I was like, oh fuck, yeah, that is this album because yeah. I'm just losing track of everything yeah. the past few weeks. Time is fake. Society is collapsing. We can't say it enough times. <laughs> um, I, I really enjoy the last thing I have about the music. I really enjoy the ending part where they're doing the chorus near the end and the uh, the melody from All Right comes back yeah. over it. The you can make a living sometimes plundering. That was just a mwah, chef's kiss moment for me. Yeah. I really love Chumbawamba does that a few times throughout their discography with a few different songs where like they have this one musical element that is part of one song, in this case part of a completely different song, and then they bring it back at the end to go along with um like a chorus or like a refrain. Um and like the two different parts end up syncing up really well. Um, the other example of it that I can think of because I it's fresh on my mind. I listened to it this morning. Is the song "The Big Issue" off of uh, Tub Thumper? We'll get to that song later. But they do that a few times throughout the throughout their discography, and I think it almost always works really well. And it just is a really nice showcase, just just how good at singing like pretty much everyone in this band is. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. So yeah. short short version of what I'm saying is the song's good. Yeah. So it's a, it's a slapper. <laughs> Yeah, um, I I'm excited for the rest of their MC Fusion collaborations. There are some that yeah. that really fucking hit. There are yeah. some that are just okay. Um, we, <laughs> we we got tagged in one on Twitter. The um, I, I think it's actually by um, oh god, what's MC Fusion's band? Uh, something of the state. Credit to the nation. There's there's a credit to the oh, nation yeah. song featuring uh Chumbawamba that we got retweeted in uh called Enough Is Enough. Yeah, um, that I like that is song. Like a, a anti-racist anthem, and uh, has been making its rounds on on the Chumbawamba Twitter sphere again. Yeah, <laughs> all like fifteen people in the Chumbawamba Twitter sphere. My favorite thing that happens with doing this podcast is um, every now and then we get tagged in something on Twitter by someone who clearly thinks that we are Chumbawamba. Yeah. <laughs> It's, which it's is a fine. very you can think we're Chumbawamba. Yeah, I wish I was Chumbawamba. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So speaking of becoming becoming Chumbawamba, um, <laughs> in order to do that, we'll probably need to get some paperwork filed down at a uh, city hall. So let's, let's <laughs> take it on down, baby. <laughs> down to Chumbawamba versus the people. <laughs> beep, beep. <laughs> I really. Maybe this time I'll just do a little gavel. <laughs> Honestly, like every every time we do this show, I'm always like, "Oh God, how am I going to work in some stupid like <laughs> legal like metaphor into the lead into Chumbawamba versus the people?" And then it just comes to me. <laughs> yeah, I have faith in you. All right, so 
I have I have two uh, comments here that I really like. Um, the first one is from Fiesta Boy 1990. Yes. Five years ago, who says this is an awesome song? Does the driver want a wee wee? <laughs> and then two years ago, we have Green Day 1981, who says love this song except for the does the driver want wee wee part. Thought that was stupid. So <laughs> there you have it. The the yin and the yang of does the driver want a wee wee. I think that's a really good example of the difference between millennials and Gen Xers. <laughs> because Fiesta Boy, we can make the assumption that Fiesta Boy was born in 1990, whereas uh, Green Day 1981 was born in 1981. So, you know, Gen Xers uh, don't um, don't like wee-wee jokes, but millennials do. <laughs> yeah. Are you, are you calling me a Gen Xer? No. You weren't born in 1981, were no, but you? I, but I don't like the wee-wee joke. Oh. I mean whatever (laughs) (laughs) i'm looking at green day 1981 youtube right now and um they have a single upload of uh the music video for the chumbawamba song time bomb that's pretty cool well we'll i didn't even know this song had a music video yeah we're, we're almost at chumbawamba having real music video levels yeah that's gonna be good I'm really excited for uh for the next album, yeah. um, Anarchy. Me too. Um, but uh, I also am looking at Fiesta Boy 1990s. Um, oh, I was about YouTube to say, uploads. It's so good. And <laughs> and, and the YouTube the YouTube uploads are um a video called Unlucky, a video called Drunk Man, and then a video called Drunk Man Interview. <laughs> Look, do, doing some real sleuthing here. Who else is going to interview Drunk Man if it is not Fiesta Boy 1990? Yeah. Fiesta Boy 1990 is also an incredible fucking username. If it wasn't already taken <laughs> by really the Fiesta is. Boy, that would be like my party DJ name. Yeah, Fiesta Boy sounds like the name of like someone who uh, releases like one novelty song and then uh, like does like like european club tours for the rest of their life that's my goal i'm gonna rebrand my my dj set as fiesta boy but with an i i'll be <laughs> fiesta boy 1992 i love it <laughs> um i want to point out that... Oops, sorry <laughs> i want to point out the drunk man interview has the caption this video was uploaded from an android phone so like fiesta boy 1990 was trying to get some breaking news out to the public when they yeah. uploaded this video t- uh, nine years ago <laughs> This was this was an urgent message. This was an urgent message. It has one like and and zero dislikes. I'm gonna like it. It's yeah. got two likes now. Thanks Thank- for this important piece of journalism, Fiesta Boy, 1990. <laughs> um, back to what I was saying. Speaking of 92, uh, Herward the Wake one year ago said, "Seen them live in 92." Hell yeah! yeah. <laughs> I love when people just comment on like random ass Chumbawamba videos to mention that they saw them live because it's never even like the big songs. It's not like on Tub Thumper like, oh, yeah. I fucking love this band. It's like this like little like mostly forgotten song off of this album that has like seven thousand views or someone's like, hey, I saw this yeah. band, and I appreciate that. I also want to highlight. Um, there's not a lot of comments on this video this week, but there are some really interesting and good. Um, features in the uh in the video itself uh the opening is like a graphic of like flickering text that says chumbawamba in this like 70s font yeah and it just kind of and it just stays like that for the rest of the video um it was uploaded by a youtube user named chill toast who uh we were talking shit about elvis before uh this person has 
a playlist of uploads that just says Elvis, and they're all Elvis Costello songs. <laughs> the real Elvis. The real Elvis for real rockers. <laughs> Let me see if it has the one. No, it doesn't. I was gonna. I, I was trying to see if it had the one Elvis uh, Costello song where he drops the N word, but it doesn't. <laughs> this person also has a video called Kevin New Thing A and E. I have no idea what it is. It appears to be a video of like a sculpture of some sort. It's I don't Kevin's know. new thing. Yeah, it's Kevin's new thing. Ooh, and the lighting changes halfway through the video. Woke. Cool. YouTube is a weird place. I know we talk about this all the time. But... Yeah, it, it really blows my mind how much stuff people are just like putting out there that w- yeah. haven't been seen by like absolutely no one. Yeah. I say as I if spend humanity... most of my days tweeting into the oblivion. Yeah. If humanity ever goes extinct, but somehow like all of our servers stay online, like at whichever alien nation like uh, eventually discovers our hollowed out and destroyed planet is going to have a lot of watching to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I really hope that someone somewhere is able to find all of this and just be like, oh, it's a good thing they went extinct. can you imagine though like with all the archaeology like physical archaeology we do now for civilizations that existed like thousands of years ago like thousands of years from now if there's any such like life on this planet or like in this universe that's able to reach our planet like it's just gonna be there's gonna be digital archaeology with all the fucking shit that's out there on the internet i mean there's a good chance that Maybe not a good chance, but um, like pretty much everything we broadcast is also going out in a space, like to, yeah. to to some degree that you could realistically pick up like signals of like like satellite channels and things like that from elsewhere in the galaxy. So hopefully, someone, some alien out there is like getting the reruns of like That's a Raven or something and being yeah. like, "What the <laughs> fuck is going on here?" Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's just the plotline to a Futurama episode. Now that it I is. say it out loud, it, but... is, it is the plot to a Futurama episode where they where Fry like ruins the broadcast of a series finale or something, and then like a thousand years later, all the way out in the so- the solar system, the aliens are like, "What? What happened?" And they come and conquer <laughs> Earth until they can see the ending of the series. Yeah, that that's what's going to happen. Is uh, some alien is listening to our Chumbawamba podcast, and uh, when we originally uh, eventually get nuked by like fucking who knows who's going to nuke us? Probably probably ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, they'll be like, oh shit, what happened? And then they'll come to Earth and find us all destroyed and be like, no, I'll never yeah. know what Dan and Teddy the- thought of Chumbawamba. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they'll be listening to the, uh, they'll be listening to the lost 10 minutes of this episode and be like, what happened? I need to know! <laughs> <laughs> Alright, Teddy, speaking of uh, nuclear destruction, do you have any final thoughts about this song, Sometimes Plunder? <laughs> um... Nothing that we didn't already go pretty in depth about. It's probably yeah. my probably my favorite song on this album so far. Mm-hmm. If not my favorite, definitely high up there. Um, yeah, I, I really like MC Fusion's verse, as I said before, and um, I I love the way that Chumbawamba tackles the idea of copyright infringement. Because as someone who has been an anarchist from a young age, mostly due to my love of media piracy, it's always nice seeing people. <laughs> like sing about this and it is it is hard to remember that like they were singing about this back when like 
pirating a song or like sampling a song was something you had to do with like physical tapes and yeah you had to tape it off the radio yeah or like like or a, a record yeah yeah go from like a record onto a tape deck and like physically cut and paste like tape yeah to to originally chop and screw something it wasn't as easy as me like downloading charlie xcx like uh stems and putting them in yeah. like the ableton or whatever so right. it's it's always cool to think about the fact that they were kind of ahead of the curve on this um, yeah and that i agree with once that. again they they were pretty fucking on point uh i agree with you i think that the lyrics are great in the song i think the music is great i think that they were very smart in adding a bunch of different parts to the song that didn't sound identical to make like the five minute runtime uh, feel less like a slog than other songs could other songs of this length do um, and I think that uh, it just there's a lot of what I love most about this band happening in this song um, you know really great vocal harmonies really interesting musical choices really like kind of irreverent humor um, you know biting like criticism of capitalism and like record companies and it's just it's it's a good one. I think we're really coming up into what is probably my favorite era of this band. Um and this like parts of this album specifically like this song and a few others are really like where you're starting to see a lot of the elements of what they work with on albums like Anarchy and Tub Thumper come in. So, uh it's really cool. I'm really digging this album so far and this is like you said probably one of my favorite songs yeah. on it, if not my favorite. Yeah, yeah, we're we're about to get into to anarchy, which is uh, my my favorite Chumbawamba album. I think as of as of right now, it is my favorite Chumbawamba album. I yeah. I am open to having my mind changed. I've been listening to a lot of what you see is what you get. Mm-hmm. That one's my favorite. <laughs> it's it's really good. It's it's a little long and disjointed for me, but there's there's some absolute bangers on there. Yeah. All right. So if you had to rate this song, what would you give it? I'm gonna give it. A Green Day 1981 out of Fiesta Boy 1990. <laughs> God damn it, that's what I was going to give it. <laughs> Shouldn't have asked me first, bitch. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> All right, I will give it um, a 2.23 out of 2.29. The 2.29 being the length of the video Drunk Man interview, and 2.23 <laughs> being the point at which the in the video when the drunk man starts yelling at uh, Fiesta Boy 1990 for filming him. <laughs> All right, Teddy, you want to take us down to the leftism of the week? Yeah. So, as you are probably aware, if you are listening to this in our current time period there's a lot of shit going on and it's all happening so fucking quickly so do your own research look look up what you can by the time we put this album out some of the information we may give you may no longer be correct because things are, are moving at that point but just to 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 get it out there again we we are living in a time of immense social unrest due to the murder of george floyd and numerous other innocent uh and um, unarmed people of color by the police and i want to talk about two responses to that that are currently going on the first one um is going to be uh 
the CHAZ and or CHOP, which stands for either the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone or the Capitol Hill Organized Protest. Um, I think this was happening pretty much about when we were recording last week. We didn't talk yeah, about it. Yeah. But it was one of those things that, like, this feels like something that has already existed for longer than a week because time is so fucking fake that like when I realized like, Oh, we never really mentioned this in bulk that this is how quickly that things are moving. So since we have last come to you or around since we have last come to you, a bunch of protesters have taken over. I believe it's about six city blocks in the Capitol Hill region of uh, Seattle. Um, they have barricaded the uh, like the streets with anti-car barricades. You can still walk through the zone without issue, um, but they are just calling it like an occupied zone and, and an autonomous zone. They're recently changing the name to the the Capitol Hill organized protest to remind people that the reason they are here is a, a direct protest against policing. So one of the buildings that they did take over was a Seattle police precinct that they are now in full control over. They are not actively policing the area, at least not to the level of what we would think of police is, and are trying to use this as an example that a, a area can like govern themselves without police intervention, that this world without police is possible. So they have uh, art going on constantly they they have painted their own black lives matter um on the street by a bunch of different artists they have a few different uh like community gardens they have co-ops where you can go and get food there are restaurants that are located within this area that they have taken over that are still open and are still open for business that seem to have no issue with the fact that they are now part of this new mm -hmm. occupied spot and so uh, they have a few demands. Um, I, I don't think they're planning uh, to actually uh, like disengage until all of these uh, plans are met. Um, I'm not going to go through all of them because it is quite long. So the website that I was previously on has changed completely since the last time i was on here um Amazing. if you're looking for more details you can go to chaz.zone which has updated information it previously just had a list of direct demands which no longer seem to be here if i can find those i will uh, post them in the show description um, I know that so far the mayor has agreed to the following reforms, which were requiring body-worn video recording of protests, uh, filing a motion to terminate the consent degree, updating the use of force policies, requiring the display of officer name and badge number, statewide independent investigation for officers who use deadly force, additional resources and more transparency for officer discipline, review of SPD's crowd management policies, banning the use of tear gas and less lethal crowd management tactics, uh, National Guard redeployed, no filing criminal charges against protesters, and preserving the CHOP. Um, so some of those are demands that are cool. A lot of them are things that like we should have had a while ago the fact that yeah. like now the cops are like all right all right like we'll let someone else look into it when we like murder people like is not enough <laughs> i know one of their demands was to completely reduce like the police funding by at least 50 percent, and they refused to meet that deal i don't think that sounds unreasonable at all like a 50 percent decline in 
budget when these police departments have like billions of fucking dollars to spend on tanks and shit like that. Um, so keep keep watching uh, the occupied space. As I said, I'll link to what seems to be as official a website as you can get. It has like updates daily on what they need, what supplies you can uh, give if you're in the area. But um, yeah, yeah, it's just. I don't know. Shit like this is definitely not going to last, in my opinion. The the Chicago, mm-hmm. like, there, it's either going to dissolve over time when when all of this starts to go away, or I don't believe it's going to get taken over by police. It, it looks like that's like the the police have put up barricades, like official anti car barricades on this, so it may be preserved as some sort of like community space going on. But yeah. this is just an example of what can come later. Like, yeah, it, yeah, and I don't like feel like I don't feel like the goal is for these autonomous zones to last forever. I feel like they're just like demonstrations of we can do this on a small scale. If we get these demands met, we can scale it up to an entire neighborhood, an entire city. Like, so. Yeah, it's cool that it's happening. Um, yeah, and I think the fact that you went onto the website just now and it's completely different than what you saw yesterday is a good example of what we were talking about earlier of how just this shit is changing constantly. <laughs> yeah. So, so my hope for this, mostly with the the Chaz or the the Chop, however you want to say it, is that they are able to get like a, a more succinct list of demands and a more succinct yeah like kind of goal because i mean this shit kind of popped out of out of nowhere it kind of one day they were just like we're taking this over fuck you guys it's ours now and it's kind of hard to do that and have like an official like these are why we're doing this like like a a list of demands a, a a manifesto of sorts but so i hope that that comes down the line um another uh occupation that i do want to talk about that seems to be a little bit more organized is um camp uh maroon i think it's called give me one second let me pull up yep camp maroon which is an autonomous zone within philadelphia so this is a a almost like a uh a tent city that they have constructed um within a city park um on the corner of 22nd street and the parkway um where essentially uh, mostly unhoused people are gathering to protest the rampant gentrification of Philadelphia and the city's unwillingness to help out with uh, like unhoused people and to provide uh, secure housing for everyone in Philadelphia, especially when the city is undergoing a lot of renovations and a lot of uh, like outside influence right now. So they have been there, I believe, like five or six days, and they have uh, very simple demands. Um, they will not stop demonstrating until um, everyone is provided uh, housing in some degree. Yeah, one of the ways that they want this is they want the transfer of all vacant city-owned properties into a community trust and to sanction the parkway encampment as a permanent legal and valid uh, occupation zone and a no police zone. So doing these two things could give a group of people the ability to start rehabbing and rebuilding houses to provide to those who are currently unhoused and to give this zone a permanent place to be will help bring attention to it and help make it safe for people to stay there. So I I don't want to like 
compare and contrast the two because i mean they're both coming out of very different goals they're both in very different cities but the the philadelphia one is being led by people who are unhoused they have a, a very clear list of demands and it seems like they know what they want more than the Chaz, which I feel like is something that kind of sprang up and now they're trying to backtrack and mm-hmm. figure out what exactly that means. Not that that's necessarily wrong because I mean, they were able to take over a police precinct like overnight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's not something they planned for, but um, it, it's cool to see these occupations go up and to watch them get more like succinct and more uh like focused as it goes on and the fact that politicians and police are taking this shit seriously shows that this may be a good way to move forward with this i mean we saw this happen a bit with occupy wall street but similar mm-hmm. similar to the uh, the Chaz, Occupy Wall Street didn't really have a goal, I feel like. like it, yeah. it seemed pretty spread out. There were people there for a bunch of reasons. I watched a really interesting documentary about it um, that I won't go into too much detail because we're getting pretty long on this episode. But essentially what I want to draw attention to is these two zones that are doing their own thing in completely different ways and hopefully we see more of them soon so if you can uh support these two i'm not sure if the capitol hill zone is taking monetary donations they're mostly looking for supplies things like that i know there are a Mm -hmm. few people that have set up um like ways to donate to philadelphia for them to buy the things they need to help this encampment become a little bit more permanent so i'll I'll include links to, to those in the show notes hell yeah you know, the best thing I saw about all this was um, one of the one of those like Instagram images that's going around of like people making like infographics for uh, easy sharing on Instagram. Um, was last week was not Black Lives Matter Spirit Week. We have to continue to do the work uh, of you know um, police abolition and dismantling white supremacy all of it we have to continue doing that work and integrate it into our everyday lives so if you're someone who's involved in something like this whether it's an autonomous zone or marching out in the streets or um you know if you have money to donate to organizations keep it up it's this is this is going to be long work that uh we need to normalize we need to not just mobilize when there's a police killing or a spate of police killings. We need to work towards a world in which those killings don't happen anymore. And that's my, that's all I want to say about it. Yeah. Th- um, this isn't something that's just going to go away now that it's been a week or two weeks since it yeah. happened. And the news and the media is going to do their best to try and get you to think that these things aren't happening. There are still protests going on pretty much everywhere that you could still participate in if you feel comfortable doing so. I I know there's a lot of fear about the coronavirus. I I did see um, some early statistics showing that, for the most part, the protests have not seen a spike in cases, mostly because pretty much everyone at them is being incredibly safe with PPE, with social distancing when you can, and by um, just just trying to respect each other there, whereas people who are going out to bars and shit like that, really not doing the same thing. So when we see these eventual spikes, because we live in a hell world in a country that does not care about us, 
they're going to try and pin it on these fucking organizers. They're going to try and pin it on these yeah. protests. That is not the case. Protesting a black life getting taken out of this world by a cop is way more important than going to the fucking Lower East Side and getting brunch and also way less dangerous. So yeah. just fuck, <laughs> fuck the media for what they're eventually going to try and do. Um, I do just want to give a quick shout out and a rest in peace to Delbert uh, Africa, who was a MOVE member who was uh, released from prison in January after 41 years and uh, passed away uh, earlier oh, this wow. morning. So if you're not familiar with the MOVE bombing, um, I recommend you Google it. I'm not going to go on too long because we are way over our time for what we think people will bother listening to. But um, he, he was one of the people that was involved in move, which was a uh, like a radical black organization in Philly that the government uh, dropped a bomb on um, and like burned down their headquarters and uh, a lot of surrounding houses. So he was in hmm. jail. He was released in January because he had cancer. So he was allowed out to like die in peace and uh, has passed away this morning. Wow. Maybe we can uh, maybe we can get a little bit more into that next week. Yeah, um, I'll put a link to some more information about him in the uh, the show notes yeah. too. Just I mean, yeah, check the show notes we, this we, week. We're gonna have a lot of stuff for you to look through. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we 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 try and not do too much on this show. I mean, not we 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 want to keep it succinct. This is still a podcast partially about Chumbawamba. But um, there, there, there's a lot going on in today's day and age that, especially if you're Chimbalwamba's target audience of most likely a, a white punk, you probably are not super knowledgeable yeah. about. And it's kind of your job to educate yourself and where we're trying yeah. to help out with that. Yeah, I agree with that. I I want to I, I kind of want to sit down and like l- listen to all of our like I want to get like a transcript of all of our episodes so I can like feed it through a machine that will tell me like um like the n- amount of words we talk about Chumbawamba versus other <laughs> shit because I'm pretty sure we talk about other stuff way more than we talk about Chumbawamba on We're this probably show. At like like forty sixty <laughs> probably yeah. <laughs> all right. On that note. Uh, thank you so much for listening to Chumbology, a Chumbawamba anthology podcast. We really appreciate you taking some time to spend with us this week and every week. We recently reached our 2,000th download, which in big podcast uh, numbers is like nothing. But for us, just two jokers who are doing this in their spare time, it's pretty cool. So yeah. thank you for listening. We really appreciate it. Um, the music you heard in this episode was the song Sometimes Plunder off of Chumbawamba's album Shh. Uh, as usual, we don't have the rights to the song, but as we talked about, no one should have the rights to any song because copyright law is bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> which is really funny that now like EMG owns the rights to this album or whatever. <laughs> I fucking know. I don't. I don't want to get into it. <laughs> and the only place you can find it via legitimate means is fucking Apple Music. <laughs> yeah. Um. On On that note, if you have any information for us, if you want to contact us at all, you can find us on Chumbology Rocks. Um, on Twitter, on our website, which is chumbology.rocks, or email us at chumbologypod at gmail.com. The only thing we will not take comments on is the Beatles. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> um, we are coming up on our next wrap-up episode, so if you have any thoughts you want to share about uh, this album or anything Chumbawamba-related or anything, yeah. uh, please reach out to us. We love to read 
uh comments from listeners on the wrap-up episodes yeah we've got a really good one uh in the in the docket from uh our anonymous chumbawamba fan that i'm really looking forward to getting to hell yeah uh, as we've been doing the past couple of weeks, we're going to include all the links, uh, links to information about all the stuff we talked about, um, as well as black activism and police abolition groups that you can, uh, support. Uh, if you're enjoying the show, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash chumbology. Uh, we have three bonus episodes up right now where we talk about the bands, uh, where we talk about Big Country, Soldier Boy, and the Mighty Mighty Boston's. This week, we're recording an episode about Waka Flock of Flame. Um, but as we said last week, there are probably way more important places to be sending your money right now. So if you would want, if you want to make a donation to any of the organizations we're promoting, um, and send us like a copy of your receipt, we'll be happy to send you the audio from all of the bonus episodes that we've recorded so far. So, um, you know, just just a, a little something since people tend to, you know, sometimes be called to action by uh, receiving something in return <laughs> for it. <laughs> I don't blame you. You want to you want to get some more good chum chumbawamba in your blood. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So that about does it. Yeah. Stay, yeah. stay safe out there. Uh, fuck cops. Fuck cops.